Welcome to the Tea with Brie. I'm your host, Brie. Thanks for listening. The Tea with Brie podcast is focused on deep, honest, and vulnerable conversation. Each week, I sit down with a different guest in order to have those conversations. Every week, we'll start with my guest's bio and intro to how we know each other, and then we'll go into a deep dive conversation about whatever topic they brought to me that week. This week, I am joined by my guest, Kendra Crump. <laughs> Hailing from Atlanta, Kendra is an up-and-coming comedian who is a recent graduate from Clark Atlanta University. She obtained her bachelor's in mass communications with a concentration of radio, TV, film. She plans on having her own radio or TV show. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, Miss Bree. I feel like when I said Miss Bree the other day, like that's just like very like the southern part of um, home training, old school within me. But I know we probably about the same age, mm-hmm. you know. But people still call me Miss Kendra, and I'm like, bro, like I'm younger than you. Stop that. Yeah, so I, I, hey. I, hi. I have I too have to like still get out of that because everyone is Miss or Ma'am, and everyone's like, Bree, we are the same age. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. It's, it's called good home training. You know, shout, shout out to the parents who actually weren't trying to be their kid's friend. Ooh. They actually really wanted to actually raise up their child, you know, correctly. Ooh. There's not many left, especially ones in our age group, you know, but hey, Amen. what do I know? Truly. I know. I'm still like calling my friends, like my friend's parents, Miss blah, blah, blah. They go, Brie, it's, you're an adult now. I'm like, yes, but you're still older. And I, my parents would beat me and I'm 31 years old. So oh, I'm younger than you. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, hey, that's good. Oh, you're still my elder. Hello, elder. <laughs> um, oh my goodness. So let me let me ask you something. Mm-hmm. What give me your top three advice to because I'm I'm like my mid-20s. Give me your top three advice to people in their early 20s or just 20s period that you learned along the way. Oh, um, top three. Okay. Or any three. Okay, okay. Um, not everybody is your friend. Mm. And you don't have to be friends with everybody. So that's like mm-hmm. my first piece. Um, my second is if you have the means to move away and start over in a way that is comfortable for you, do it. It is scary, but it is going to help you realize who you are. Like when you're out here on your own and trying to make ends meet and meet on all these new people in a new location, it's just, it just really puts things into perspective. Um What's my last piece? The last one is my aunt gave me the best advice in my 20s. She said, your 20s are for dating people you probably shouldn't date, taking and quitting <laughs> jobs, taking and quitting jobs, traveling, um, and just being just being you. Be as authentic as you can be. Don't make any apologies as you're figuring things out. And um, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a fourth one of like, do you, we, can, we can do number five. We can do give, give a fifth one. Um, I am very much in the wheelhouse of like, I'm trying to live my best life while also doing the least amount of damage possible. So like Mm -hmm. not bringing people 
into your shit. <laughs> like if you are working through things and trying to figure out who you are, you are welcome and able to be messy, but don't be out there ruining other people's lives in the meantime. Mm. Um, and now I have to do a fifth. I have to end on an odd number. Um, don't be afraid to walk away. I feel like a lot mm. of us feel like we have to stick it out or like we can't leave. And I'm like, no, quit things. It is okay to quit things. It is okay to end friendships. It is okay to set boundaries and not talk to people. It is valid and you are allowed to do so. So, you know what? Let me go with what your aunt said. I think just like number four, three, or four, mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, quit stuff that goes into number five as well. Let me tell you something. I've been fired more than I've been quit. Like I quit. <laughs> I've had like five jobs since working at 18 and I've my like they've all were like at least a year to two and a half years and for me per se I um I pretty much was always thinking oh if I stick in this job put up with the crap Mm -hmm. that really is like 725 you know but here's the thing though right I always thought that if you stay in a job for a very long time, it looks better on your resume, which mm-hmm. is the, the, the survey says that's a lie because mm-hmm. I got a, I got a relative of mine who will go through 15 jobs in one year. And I'm like me, I'll be on a job for two or three years, but I have trouble finding that uh, a new job. Mm-hmm. So it used to, you know, it used to bother me like, you know, Oh, well, you know, I'm better than this, but I would try to go after a job that might pay $15 an hour, but I was struggling getting that. So I would still stick with the minimum wage and it like really depressed me because I'm like, I know my worth. Okay. Like, you know why? Or I would get upset. Like I remember I wanted to work um, at a pharmacy, be a pharmacy tech. I did everything. Like when I, when I have my mind set to something, I'm going to do it. Okay. So I said, okay, I'm going to go, go to the bank. You got to actually sign some information with the bank. You got to, you know, fill out this form, take this class. I did all that, right? The person, the pharmacy tech told me what to do. I did all that. Still didn't get the job. I'm like, can I get my money back? What type of bull crap is this, you know? And I kept, I was adamant and kept being adamant. And people were like, why don't you get that girl the job? Yes. So it's like, it's, it's one of those things where I used to get upset when even like now going after my dreams, I'm going to be honest with you. I kind of wish I would have started, um, like really gone full because I didn't really go full throttle until January 2020 when um you know of course we had the pandemic started but you know met someone via YouTube and kind of helped me build my brand and that's when I started going hard but I'm like man I kind of wish I would have known the tools and techniques to what to have done back in 2016 Mm. when I really started you know posting my videos like on Snapchat and everything else like that. But even with that, I used to sit here and get depressed because I'm like, how come this person doesn't want me on their podcast? Why are you trying to make me pay you money? You ain't going to charge Beyonce, but you're going to charge me? Come on now, spool crap, you know? But this is a part of, of the learning lesson. And yes, date people that you probably shouldn't date. I'm trying to date, but I realize, and this is the honest truth, I, I like men. I would like to marry men, but I don't trust men. A lot of these men are full shit, okay? And they do not get better as they get older. You know, that's the biggest myth in the world. So, you know, they're like be 50 years old trying to talk to a 20-year-old. Sir, you're a pedophile. But I can't say that because they're like, no, it's it's a maturity. We're, if, so you mean to tell me you can't find a woman in your age group who's mature? 
Mm-hmm. Is that what you mean to tell me? Like, no, I, I found some immature women too. Yes, but I feel like there's something or uh, something wrong with you mentally if you feel like it's okay to go after someone when you know for a fact y'all are twenty some years younger, like apart from each other. Mm-hmm. Maybe a difference if that person was fifty years old and they're sixty. That's cool. But if you like eighteen and that person's thirty, that's just like, bro, like, come on now. They just. They, they are still on their mama's titty. Come on. They ain't made it off yet. Just saying. I'm done. Uh, I need, we need to go back to this, this fired situation because I've only ever been fired from one job, but I'm happy I was like, I'm a big, I, my father, my godfather's a pastor. And so I have like okay. all these like sayings of like, it's not rejection, it's redirection. And like me getting fired from that job, like it, it like propelled me into like some of the best jobs I ever, cause I, I am, I was the queen of staying at jobs. Like mm-hmm. I would stay, I was like, this job I was at, I was like, I hate this job, but I'm not quitting. Cause I don't have another job lined up. Like something's going to have to force me out. And I was forced, I was fired. So I was forced out of this job and it, it caused me to like go apply for a job that I ended up getting and really ended up loving. But yeah. And, and it's, and that really showed me like these companies don't care about you. Like you have to do what mm. you do for yourself. So it's also like, I'm going to keep grinding and finding where I fit in and what works for me. But then also like resumes are a lie. Like no one really cares. Like, and, and it's like going, like I went to college, but I'm also like for people who don't go to college, I'm like, you'll be fine. Like it's, it's, it's all, it's all just to keep us on in the status quo and what the world expects us to do. Mm-hmm. So now, now I feel you deeply because I just gave my two weeks notice at a job that I've always wanted, but I got it. And I'm like, Ooh, maybe this isn't what I want now. Like I've been here eight months. I was here. I've been at this job for eight months and I'm like, why, why did I quit consulting? And so I'm feeling very called back to that and doing what I want to do for myself and going in, like you're saying full throttle, like last summer, I was just kind of like tiptoeing in and you know, the last almost year I've been super successful and I haven't put any real effort into it. So I'm like, if I actually commit and do a thing and follow my dream and make my own schedule and be an entrepreneur and be able to take this career and do what I want to do with it, it's like, life's too short. If we've learned anything this last year, it's like, life's too short. We got to (laughs) keep moving forward. And let me, there was a couple of points. I want to jump back to what you had just said. Uh, first off, when you had mentioned about your grandfather, pastor, did this sometimes the words say God closed that door? Like church folks never want to say they got fired. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so let me, let me ask you this. When it came to, cause you know, grew up in the ministry as well. My mom's an evangelist. So everything was a sin or you're going to hell for this, that mm-hmm. or third, you have different people in ministry who make you feel differently about God. And mm-hmm. I, it, it took a while for me to really realize you have to form your own relationship with God and not go after what people in the church or your elders say, because a lot of times people will just like, it's, it's just the blind leading the blind. Mm-hmm. And when you question them on it, they don't actually have a real deal answer. Now, let me ask you this question for yourself. Mm-hmm. When did you, when did you realize, you know, within yourself that God was real? Like not what the pastors told you or mm-hmm. what, when was that, that inclination? Like, you know what? You're really real. I don't even know if there's been one point. I think this last year, looking over my entire life, mm-hmm. I could see the way 
God has moved in my life. And, and I have to caveat this conversation with, yes, my godfather is a pastor, but also like, I am a black queer woman living in the United States. And so okay. now living in Texas, um, the last like five years, really questioning my faith and not so much my belief, but like organized religion. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I come from a church growing up in the church um, that like, I was taught that your religion is about the relationship you hold with whoever you believe in. So like my relationship is with Jesus and me going to church means that I am in community with other people who have their own relationships. So I was never Mm -hmm. taught this like very like detrimental view of like what quote makes a good Christian and like Betty Sue's a better Christian than me because she prays 15 times a day and and is at choir rehearsal for three, three, three days a week. And it's like, no, like it is not a comparison. We are all on our different journey in our faith practice and in what relationships we have with God. And so now as I've gotten older and, you know, I've, I'm the most liberal level to ever liberal. Like I yeah. am very much like I, when Jesus comes back, he'll be at the gay clubs. He'll be protesting for sex workers. He'll be like doing all these things and you can't tell me any differently. And so taking in that part of my life of really understanding and creating an idea of who Jesus is versus like what, people in the bible quote says which i'm always like the bible wasn't written by god or jesus it was written by people who were quote there so i'm always like all of this is lost in interpretation religion has been very whitewashed because how is jesus white he's not (laughs) like literally in the text it proves that he is not so all that to say is i think for me i know for me over the last now 31 years of my life being able to look back and see what I've been able to accomplish and coming from, luckily for me, I'm very fortunate and both of my grandmothers are still alive and they are very steady, steadfast prayers. Um, My godmother is a very steadfast prayer, prayers for me and her kids. Like I come from a beautiful group of black women who literally raised me as a community. So like being taught, like being, seeing how prayer works, but then also like knowing what faith looks like and a lot Mm -hmm. of like just me trial and error, like if I look back at my career, my, just my career alone, I'm like, this makes no sense. Like where I am right now. And I'm like divine intervention or like the people who I've met, or I was just had in this conversation yesterday of when I decided to move to Austin, I had only been here for four days and I was like, I'm going to move here. Like it just, it just felt right. And mm-hmm. I've never felt that sort of like steady calmness in my whole life, like, and everything lined up, right? Like I was like, I started telling people, I'm like, I'm moving to Austin. Everyone's like, you know, one person there, you have no job. I was like, it's fine. It's going to fall into place. Like I had an apartment a month before I moved. I got a job a week before I left. Like I just, everything, everything just lined up. And that's how I'm feeling now with being called to go into consulting full-time. Like I haven't done, like I said, any real work towards it, but it's just that like steadiness of just like the scripture says, like, be still and know, and Mm -hmm. not going outside of myself and just sitting in silence and listening to me and spirit. Like, what do I want? What do I want this to look like? I don't have to explain any of my choices to anybody but me. And so what am I feeling? And I think that legit comes from like how I was raised and the faith I've had. And, you know, when people sit down and listen to my story of like losing my mom when I was 15, my dad and I stopped talking when I was 18, Um, I have a history of like suicidal ideations. I had an eating disorder, like all these things that people, once they learn and see me, because if you just meet me on the street, like she's successful, she does these things. Her life must be beautiful. And, Mm -hmm. you know, people knew I grew up very privileged, like two parent household. My parents owned our house. I grew up in a 
small, large, weird town that was very diverse. Like I had a lot of things that worked in my favor, but then also like things that could have destroyed me. And I used it as a way to like propel me forward and keep me going. And so coming from religion of like everything happens for a reason and this is going to set you up. Um, So yeah, that's, that's kind of where I've gotten to of like, I don't think there's ever been one instant. Um, It's always, it's just been like a culmination of everything I've experienced. Amen. Yes, sis. Yeah, let me snap my fingers too. Yes. Let me, let me, let me, um, couple points uh, I want to, I want to admit. First off, hopefully I did not offend you with the lightly LGBT. You're fine. <laughs> it takes a lot to offend me. You're fine. Like, you know what I realized, man? It's, it's like, why? here's my question. Because there's a couple points you made. When did it get to the point where we have become because there, you know, I'm gonna tell you this as well. A little quick backstory. Um, my father came from a two parent household as well, but my father, prior up into his uh, transition a few years ago, our relationship was not good. You know, he was more of a shoot the breeze type of dad. He was like, okay, I'll disrespect you, but let me tell you, instead of actually saying sorry and not only changing my ways, I'll pay you, mm. fill up your gas tank, do so. And, and then it's like, as you get older, you realize you're worth more than $30 of meal or whatever. It's like, it's, it's like, you're not doing nothing. Right. We did reconcile prior, you know, you know, to his passing and everything else. And, you know, I had to get to that point. Like one of my favorite scriptures is father, forgive them for they know not what they do, you know? And as a parent, there is no handbook, no guide to parenting. You know, a lot of times it's hurt people, hurt people. Mm-hmm. And with that being said, they, you know, do the best that they can. They're doing what they think is right, you know? Um, but I remember, like I was telling you uh, several minutes prior, how, you know, I would like to marry a man, but at this day and age, that's because I gave all these men the try that I could, because I'm telling you, like, sis, I've literally been dealing with the sexual harassment since elementary, okay? And it, like, this is where as, as, parents you gotta teach your young sons like it, no means no mm. and yes still means no you gotta teach your daughters that as well because you know here's here's a you know contrary to popular belief men get raped as well if, if a man tells you no I'm, I'm cool I'm not in the mood but the woman decides to take it anyway that's right but but he can't go to the men have tried going to the police about oh you know I got mm-hmm. assaulted by three women last night bro what you talking about that's my dream they laugh at his face so mm-hmm. it's like he's supposed to take that right but you, this is where you got to start this type of stuff from home. And another reason why I'm, I'm going after my dreams and really trying to go full throttle and hard with it is because I want to have my own company where nobody can harass me because I'm the boss. I'm the one who hired you on, mm. you know, because it gets, it's, it's like, it comes from not only the employees, it comes from the, uh, um, the customers. Like I literally, cause I'm a very shapely person, but what I do is I always try to, you know, cover something to cover my behind or whatever else it may be but even if I look like a Muslim men will still say something crazy to me right and it just really makes me have this distorted view not like I said with my father we never had that you know um relationship where I can sit here probably go smoke a doobie with him as an adult as a young adult you know uh sit here and probably curse with him a couple times like a real cool relationship it was just hey dad hey hey Ken how's it going great Okay. Um, talk to you next week. It, it was one of those type of things, right? So already, like my relationship, you know, towards men and and, and stuff like that. It, you know, like the the heartbreak of the father and daughter type of stuff, right? So here we are with my mother. 
you know, mom was, uh, after my parents divorced, mom was a sole provider. And uh, we really were, you know, struggling because my dad was like um, the vice president of Warner Brothers and Sony Records. So he was like the real H&IC, okay? They divorce, he takes the money. So we started off at Riches and honey, I'm still at Rags, okay? So now I'm like, hey, maybe Miss Bree might know Bill Gates so I can get up out of here and stuff like that. But it's, it's one of those things where I didn't have a great relationship with my mother. And like still to this day, like it's, it's decent, but it's not like, you know, wonderful, like where I wanted to end up being, right? And so, and, I, and I've become okay with that. Like I've learned like not to sit here and worry about that because if my mother doesn't end up being all that I want her to be, then it's, it's all good. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's all good. So going back to, like I said, with, with, you know, with you being queer, there was a time in my life because of the heartbreak and the, the stuff that I dealt with men, I felt more the comfortability towards women. And I felt more like they are willing and more accepting. And like, like, I don't like, I'm so, let me have to tell you how free spirited I am. I am so free spirited that you like, sis, let me see your boobs. Okay, after we finish recording, here you, that's how I am. <laughs> I'm that much of a free spirited person, especially like when it comes with women. Like I, I'll be quicker to show my my lady parts to a woman than I will to a man because I know at least you guys ain't gonna sexually harass me in the way that men will and stuff like that. And so the issue that I've had when it came with women is number one, I, and I don't know if you have dealt with this, but if you're interested in a woman and she's like, oh, she's she's making you think that she's interested in you, but then she has a whole boyfriend and they try to bring you in. Have you mm-hmm. ever had like a couple try to bring make you? <laughs> no, because people look at my face and they're just like, don't fuck with her. Like Brie, <laughs> I have a, I have a very I have very strong boundaries and people know that but you you touched upon so much there of like the first thing like with your dad like my dad and I growing up my dad was my best friend right like Mm -hmm. he was my you couldn't tell me nothing about my dad right and then I turned 18 and my mom had passed and we had a falling out and now we barely speak like we talk on the phone for maybe three minutes and it's like the most awkward three minutes of my life he actually called a couple weeks ago and I was like (laughs) okay um and we hadn't talked since Christmas so like we'll go tried doing counseling or you just were past that you like this is just pretty much how it's going to be with him so my thing is I forgave him a long time ago Mm -hmm. and I did that because holding on to hate and not having forgiveness was poisoning me in my relationships Mm -hmm. I I was creating with other people and so my brown my boundary was I, I forgive you but that doesn't mean I have to allow you in my life and I think a lot of people we've been taught as a society, particularly black kids of like, you respect your mother and your father. And I'm like, but do they respect me? Like, why do I have to, to my detriment be so forgiving? And so, and make myself smaller to make your, like my dad has apologized. It took him like six, seven years to finally apologize, but actions Mm -hmm. without words mean nothing to me. Like, like scripture says, like you can say you're sorry, but if you, he doesn't make an effort. So I don't make an effort. And it's not me being stubborn. It's just like, I have other things in life going on right now that I can't devote the amount of time it would take for us to do better. And Mm -hmm. to my understanding, he's not in therapy. I'm currently not in therapy myself. I'm looking for a new therapist right now, but it's just right now, currently where I am, not a relationship I'm willing to invest in. And that's my boundary. And I think a lot of people think that we have to keep trying and keep trying and keep trying. And I'm like, but that's trauma. I'm not willing to keep opening for myself to make society happy, right? Like my, my grandma, his mom, 
she's like my one like hope is that you two can be fine again I'm like we are fine we're not going to be to where we were but like we can be in the same space and I will talk to him and I'll be respectful I'm like but I'm not going to fake it for y'all like I'm not going to be all hunky-dory and and trying to make things work for that but I think also my other thing around men not apologizing and this kind of touches touches into like the toxic masculinity you were talking about with like men just feeling like they should constantly have access to you in whatever shape or form. And I think Mm -hmm. that comes a lot, especially to black women of like, we are supposed to give and give and basically kill of ourselves to make other people feel happy. And that's everyone period. Like I feel like black women are the last people thought about in any situation. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I refuse, like, I'm not going to be out here trying to make all of you look better and do these things to make you feel good. And then it's not reciprocated. Like one of my hard line boundaries is like, don't lie. Don't make me look stupid. And don't make me feel like I was used. Like, I'm not going to sit here and do all these things. And then I ask you for something and, it, and you gaslight me into thinking I'm asking for the world when I'm actually just setting a boundary. And so mm-hmm. I feel you deeply on saying like being shapely, like I am a very shapely woman too. I have very large boobs. And I feel like no matter what I, no matter what I wear, I always look extra whatever like and it's that thing of like she was asking for it like I'm wearing a t-shirt and pants like I'm (laughs) I'm I'm covered up right but as a woman it's a thing we have to constantly constantly think about and so with me like being queer and with that I mean I date all genders I've dated men I've dated women I've dated non-binary and trans folks I've you know the whole gambit and I was actually talking to a friend last night because I was I'm, I'm thinking of dating again which is a conundrum in and of itself um but I haven't I haven't dated a cisgender so that is a person who aligns with the gender they were assigned at birth um heterosexual so meaning they date the opposite gender man so I haven't dated a cis heterosexual man in the five years I've lived here and I went on a actually went on a date with a guy uh back in January and it was fine um but I have found that like kind of touching into what you were saying of like the queer community understands trauma and boundaries way better than the heterosexual community does a lot of the time mm-hmm. specifically mm-hmm. men and so like while I know I am great I know I am attractive I know I am worthy of love and respect and all these things there is a thing in my brain that constantly tells me that I am not thin or x y and z and that way and therefore cis hetero men aren't gonna want me And Mm -hmm. for me, I'm just like, just avoid that. Like why traumatize yourself to do a thing that you're not really comfortable with, with on the opposite, I've dated, like I said, mostly queer people, predominantly queer people since I've lived here. And I have never had body image issues with that community. Like, it's just like, that's the trauma I'm constantly facing and Mm -hmm. trying to work through. And so I think that's, what's been a really beautiful thing in my life of like, yes, I do have the capacity to like date and fall in love with anyone, no matter what their gender is. Um, but in that case, I get to be way more picky with that. And, and, you know, I understand the trauma of potentially being interested in someone and them like being like, well, I just want it. Like I, they want something from you. Like you're saying, like they want to bring you in as a third and that's not something you're open to. And, you know, then, you know, that gaslighting of like, well, I thought you were like, cool. And you're like, I am, but you're not respecting my boundary. Right. Like, uh-huh. so there's just like, all this navigation that goes into that. And I'm just like, I, I am the, I'm just saying I am the queen of boundaries. And I think going through what I went, like I tell people, I don't talk to my own father. So you not liking me does nothing to me. Like I have a, I have strong, like I'm from the Northeast. Like I just don't have the time to like step around and like take your feelings in, into consideration when you're not doing the same for me. So yeah. 
I, I had to put the little confetti up. Sorry. <laughs> I had to put the little confetti up because that that you know what, sis, you a whole mood and everything else. Like, I just want to let you know, like, you are freaking amazing. <laughs> you are freaking amazing. And you know what? It's one of those things where um I just I, and you know, I guess it was like for me, and, and I'm more of a I like in person. I'm, I'm prior to social media. Like, you know, social media is cool, but I'm an in-person type of vibes meter and everything else like that. Right. And so for me, I am the type, like if I was to ever, let's say I was to ever cross paths um, with a woman or so, I like it more so instead of the dating apps, because people can be whoever they want on these apps. Same thing on social media. I much rather meet you in person at least I know for a fact you got all your teeth at least I know for a fact you don't have body on okay at least I know for a fact that's really your car social media hides all that type of stuff these Instagram models that people in their comments leaving their numbers for all that type of stuff a lot of them are probably homeless a lot of them don't probably bathe every day okay you know everybody's over here talking about how you know the different actors and actresses um are out there not bathing and they're new reports are coming out every day but like you never know like some of these instagram models probably don't either and everything else you don't know what they look like behind once they you rip off that you know to take off the makeup the wigs you don't know what that is but a woman like myself you know i get passed up or a woman like yourself might get passed up because you don't have the weave hanging down to your to your torso oh wait there's this new i know you've noticed that you have braids are your braids down to your kneecaps like this new phenomenon okay i i, I listen listen i had to, i just Boobly. had to make sure it's I like brawling okay yeah. cool, cool i just listen I, I i don't like to offend anybody again i know you said it takes a lot but I'm um, just a disclaimer for all the ones out there. Disclaimer, non-disclaimer, sorry, but not sorry. You guys are stupid. That whole, you're sitting on your freaking hair and you're bringing that to bed with you. So you wonder why you wake up with bed bugs every day. Come on now, like bed bug bites and you, you got all these, like you, you have a snail in your hair. It's dumb. But here's the thing though, men, men will still go. The lashes, they look like, you. you listen, I did this demonstration one day. I said, y'all's lashes look like, and I had the fork up next to my, my eyelashes and it was all the way out and people were laughing. I'm like, but you guys look ridiculous. Like me, I don't wear makeup. I literally try to be all natural with everything. So you can know you are not going to bed with, with Cruella DeVille uh, and Raspisha mixed together, okay? I, that's what I try to do. But again, that that was also something. And, and the fact when you mentioned earlier on that you were suicidal, I was suicidal. And the depression started from middle school and it came from, it started off with, um, because uh, I had transition schools and I hated middle school. I, I hated middle school more than high school. But I remember I transitioned schools and it was uh, other black women who were uh, black girls, because you're girl, not women. But it was other black girls who were talking about my um, hair. Oh, your hair is nappy. Uh, your lips are so big. Um that came from a few um, young boys and stuff like that. Oh, why you talk like that? Are you I heard that you was doing this with this person, right? So I was, uh, or you're unattractive. I was hearing that from middle school. Um, get to high school, I'm like, okay, maybe it'll be better. Like I, I watched like too many like high school like films and TV shows. Oh my goodness, I can dance on the table and roam the hallways and go to class for three minutes. High school's gonna be lit, right? It's like. Uh, <laughs> 
what I, I thought about once I got to high school, I could have a boyfriend for every day of the week and be like popular. And I failed at both, honey. Okay. And so I'm struggling in high school with my identity and figuring out who exactly am I, you know? And, and this is around the time I remember having, um, dreams of women and I was ashamed and I thought something was wrong with me because again you know there are some um people in ministry who will mm-hmm. accept you for who you are okay then you have others who make you want to go and denounce God altogether okay the others was my mom all right and I decided to come to my mom because I'm like, okay, I can talk to her. You know, she can cast a demon out of me. I thought, <laughs> Throw some to oil on me and I'll be good, right? Mom was cool at, with it at first. But then months go by and literally it was a switch of just rage, anger, right? Also made me feel depressed. Me not having these guys that I wanted to have, like I had a crush on. Um, me dealing with that with my mother. I wasn't doing well in school because I was just pretty much just not focused. School is not hard. You just have to apply yourself. I didn't care about that. I was focused on being like playing sports, you know, or doing something that didn't have to require school. So we move on from high school, um, go to college. College, my community college, I loved it. I was hot commodity. All the guys wanted me. Here's the issue though. Right. And I even had a couple of girls who were like, you're really hot. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, I'm getting like I, I got holes in different area codes. Child, I felt like ludicrous. Back to the story. <laughs> but here's the issue. Right. The guys who liked me, the guys who liked me, they had no car. I was the only seemed like only 18 year old at that time who had a car, had a job, license. Everyone else had one or half of one okay oh can you come pick me up and in my mind I'm like oh well, let me go ahead and do this but I hated it I had people calling me calling me to come pick me up waking me up out my sleep but I was nice at that time because I'm like I treat people like I want to be treated but again you have to still use some level of common sense it's like no don't let, and this is I've seen this meme over and over again don't matter how sad somebody's story is don't you allow them to live with you don't let them move in your house. Don't, you know, and I'm glad I never had a home at that point because my house would have been a hotel. And so with that being said, these were things, uh, the depression literally, it's, it got to an all-time high. Um, well, in leaving my community college, going to my university, and I, now I'm lonely. Still to this day, Bree, I've never been in a real relationship. And it's and it bothers me it's not not like at that time it bothered me very um you know it it was it was a bother because of the fact that I felt like I had a lot to bring to the table a lot to offer and still not saying that I didn't but I felt like I had a lot to offer but the guys like I said just they they just really are full of shit and I was very upset because I didn't understand. I'm like, God, I'm doing the righteous works of what you want me to do. Why, where, where are you right now? And I ended up going to a mental hospital and you know what? I actually liked it there. They fed me three times a day and the food was good. Sometimes I don't even three, eat three times a day here. Back to the story, being around other people who are just like me. And so with all that being said, I, I really was just suffering with, I wanted a relationship because people who are horrible, there's some horrible people out there in the world, right? 
but they get hollered at. They get an attractive person to holler at them. And I'm not getting that. You know, I'm not, I, I keep getting the runaround. I keep getting, like, I've never met so many people over the age of 21 who don't have, and not unless you live in New York, but they don't have a car, a license, a legal job, credits, um, uh, a, a house, but they, but they gangster disciple, they blood, they crip, they got Jordans, they got weed. And to me, that's just deplorable. You know, they got the newest iPhone, but they still, you know, couch surfing on their home at their homeboy's house. And they trying to ask me, but you know, the reason they do that is because it works. So these are things that I had to retrain my brand. I'm like, Kendra, one day your relationship is going to come. I, I've written down my list. I've given it to God and that's pretty much it. But I had to tell myself, I won't match. And you mentioned that you in, in, in Texas. Like I wanted to go to Johnny Dang in Houston and get a matching gold set, doggone it. That was my goal. But that's it. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done ranting. <laughs> It wasn't a rant at all. I was taking down notes because there's so much I want to circle back and touch on. So I didn't come out till I moved here till I was 26. Mm. And growing up, I had always found at that time, I only knew about male and female as gender. Now I know better. But anyway, so I grew up only feeling like I had to be an intimate, right? Like I always appreciated like the beauty of a woman, but like never thought that was a thing until you know, I went to college, met a couple of lesbians and a lot of like lesbian and gay friends growing up. And then mm-hmm. as I got older and started learning language and moved here and moved away, I realized that like, and I've talked about this on my show before, like I didn't come out until after the Pulse nightclub shooting. And that was a, a big part of that was like, I'm a very emotional person. I can, mm-hmm. I cry at everything, but I could not cry that day. And I had to sit with the feeling of why. And I was like, I'm not living authentically. Like I have this chance to be in this new place to start over and, and to just be me. So I, I came out to my family and I'm very lucky that they were super supportive. Um, I've had friends who were super supportive, um, but I think that's just like a thing. Like you are allowed to figure out who you are at whatever stage of life you're at. And I feel like a lot of the time, like, well, I'm X years old. Like it's too late. Like it's never too late to live how you want to live. So that's just me like giving you space to like You are able to roll through your life and you might have been dating this one type of person your whole life, but then you meet someone and then it like, it goes to a different direction. Mm-hmm. I also want to talk about manipulation and boundaries. <laughs> Again, um, I feel you deeply. Unlike my freshman year, I was the only person with a card. Um, I was also working. I was also doing all these things. And, you know, a lot of people, babe, can you come pick me up? And I, was, and I understood like, like very much like you, like not people pleasing, but kind of like, okay, I have to do this because it's going to come back and I need to be doing all these things and blah, blah, blah. And so I feel you so much of like, of, of realizing that people were just like, maybe to a point like using you because they knew that you would say yes, because they knew you had a kind heart because they knew you would, you wanted to give back. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also the third thing of like, I have never had a serious relationship. I don't think I've ever dated anyone longer than like three months. Um, <laughs> and a lot of the time it was like me falling into like situationships, not even like full, uh-huh. full relationships, just like we are both here. We might as well. And, you know, I think over the last four years specifically of just being very much like why do not want to be in a relationship and like last year 2020 before the pandemic hit I decided not to date um and I'm sure people are sick of me hearing telling me the story but it's important um I took as a as an attractive successful young black woman I went against the norm and said I am not dating because I need to work on my own shit 
I started therapy when I was 15. I journal. I like, I tell people like when I am upset, I will literally go off on my own and like figure things out. And like I was saying before, doing the least least amount of damage possible. So like last year I was like, why am I dating so badly? Why am I dating the people I am dating? What are my non-negotiables and why am I looking for a partner? And it came down to I've always seen myself as a parent, like becoming a mom, but I've never seen myself as someone's long-term partner. Why is that? And unpacking that with myself of being like, okay, it's the way that society views single mothers, specifically single black mothers. And so I didn't want my kid to have to go through that. I also lost my mom. So I didn't want my, like, if something happened to me, I didn't want my kid to be alone. Um, But then also society literally drilling into our heads that as a woman, you are not valuable until someone dates you and gives you value. And I'm like, I completely rebuke that bullshit. I do so many things. And I was telling someone, I'm like the, one of the photos back in the day that got the most likes. is when I posted a photo with this dude, I was dating, I tell people, I'm like, I've won awards. I have like done things in my life, but you still, as a society, we put so much onus on a woman and being tied to a partner. Um, and there's this activist, Brittany Packnett Yeti, who I love. Nope. Brittany Packnett Cunningham, Miss um, Pack Yeti on Instagram. But she talks about how like she wrote a book and she had a whole last book come out and like posted about it. And then she posted that she got engaged and she got like two times the amount of likes on her engagement post than on her book. She's like, I wrote a book. Like <laughs> I am my own person. And I, and, and hearing her say that, like, we still as a society of like people who support women and feminist and womanist, and we still in our brains feel like <clears throat> there's no value on us until we are partnered. And mm-hmm. so me and my wise old age of 31, dramatic hand on my forehead. Um, I want us to let that go. Like, if you want to be with a partner and you, and you find someone who is great, absolutely. But also like, there is no, <clears throat> there is no shame and being single, there's no shame in setting boundaries. There is no shame in like never having had a serious relationship. And I think for me, it's this last year specifically, it's been like in this time of being single, I am going to do the things that are going to set me up for happiness if I end up with a partner or I don't. But yeah, that's just, that's just like my take on everything you just said is like, we are worthy of love. We deserve to be loved and respected and supported. And we don't have Mm -hmm. to like do all these things. to like, you don't have to earn love. It should just be given. And so right now your person isn't with you right now and you find them later on, that is totally okay. And you know what, you know what, Brie, I have come to the conclusion as well. If I never, and I, I I literally, this has been a struggle because right now I'm fine by saying this right now. Like I've never, ever come across anybody like, I, you know, I'll have to be good either way. Right now I'm saying that, but if it's like been five, 10 years and I keep going to all of these bridal showers and everything, please come check on me. You know, Kendra, it's okay. Come, come give me a hug. It's okay. I'm, I'm your support group, you know? And that's what people have told me. They said, Kendra, because I went to other people who are one-on-one and step-by-step with God. Uh, Cause like I said, I have a great relationship with God, but it seems like anytime I try to call him up, I get sent to uh, do not disturb and spam. Um, so <laughs> with that being said, I've asked him, I said, why isn't, what's wrong? Like, what's wrong? Is there something wrong with me? And people, this is what I, somebody's told me, they said, Kendra, God just revealed to me that when you are honestly seeking him more, you're seeking to try to be with somebody, then he will send that person to you. Cause one thing I realize is man will fail you. And if you put all of your trust and all of yourself in this one person that you like, 
um, then you're going to, and they do something that really just like is distraught, even though you saw the warning signs, you're going to probably be like a very unhappy, very, you might, you might, you know, do something very heinous to yourself. And at the end of the day, no one should have that much power over you mm -hmm. to make you feel less than, you know, at the, at the very end of the day, you know? And so I think that that's what I am actively working on now. Like, you know, like I said, I'm cool right now. I'm work. I'm going, um, I re, like uh, re-enroll myself back into school. Um, I will, because I kind of messed up on my own application, but hey, you live and you learn, you know, don't, don't, it's okay when you're in your 20s to make mistakes. So I'll be, re, you know, going back in January instead of fall, but I'm going to school to get my, um, uh, ultimately get my PhD in, in psychology, child psychology. So you said that you need a therapist. I'll listen, it'll be on me. I'm going to be practicing on a few people. So if you want to come to me and be like, okay, Kendra, like, I'll, yes, here's a blunt too. Okay. I, I have everything, the refreshments, everything that you need. But, <laughs> but with that being said, I, I have to, and then on top of that, like, you have to go after your goals first, work on yourself. Like you mentioned, you're going back with consulting and I really do commend you for going, you're now making 10 figures. I'm proud of you, so lunch is on you, sis. But it's, it's, it's one of those things, it's one of those things where go after your dreams and goals, you know, and, and really be somebody. But to me, I just find it so deplorable going back to earlier, like how we were one of the few who were fresh out of high school and we already had our life together or, or at that time pretty much had our life together and people were relying on us. And here's the worst, here's, here's the thing about it. The, the catch is, uh, the kicker is, is that we don't even talk to these people no more. Like I'm pretty sure <laughs> a year, two years later, they just fell to the wayside. So we literally were like, oh, we'll give them a ride. But guess what? When our car breaks down, they're going on to the next person. These people don't care about us. They'll literally throw five or $10 into our tank and say that that's good enough, but that's not good enough. But if you tell them I need more, uh, what you need more for, can we stop here? They think it's their car. That's all I have to say. I'm, I'm done. I'm done ranting. You have to bring me back on for a part two, sis. <laughs> we're going to have another ranting podcast. I... Yeah. Yeah. We just, we deserve all the things. And I just want, I want all of us to feel that. I also feel like I have to tell people, this is the first time Kendra and I have like sat down and have a conversation. Like this is our first time meeting and people are like, it's always interesting how people view conversations when I say that, because mm -hmm. you know, you've now met me. I can talk for hours on end about all the things, but yeah, I am so happy that you came on. Um, I'll be sure to link to all your things in the show notes. Um, okay. At the end of every episode, I do like to end with a question, kind of ending on a high note. Um, and that question is, <clears throat> what is the best advice you were ever given? Or what is a piece of advice you would give to your younger self? I'll do five because I asked you to do five. So I'll give you five. Perfect. And this is this is a culmination of things I've learned thus far. Okay. Let's start. Um, one of them is behind every no, there is a yes. And this goes to people going after their dreams. I want to tell you all something. Not everybody's going to welcome you. Not everybody's going to want to uh, have you on. Um, like I, when it, people are going to want to charge you to pay, uh, charge you to get on their podcast, but I know they're not going to keep that same energy for a celebrity, you know? Um, and you have to be okay with that. You have to be okay with people giving you the runaround. But ultimately, like I said, behind every nose, there is a yes. And I want to add something to that is what's so good about God is that when he sees you doing the work, he's going to help you along the way. You have to do the work first. That's what it comes down to. You can't say, God, I want you to uh, send me my, my mate. You expect him to break into your house when you don't even go out to meet people? 
All right, so that's number one. Number two, number two is, and it took me a while to realize this. This is what an OG taught me. He said that when you first meet someone, start them off with an F and have them work their way to an A. And for the ones that don't know what that means is if you start them with an A when you first meet people, you literally are giving them your entire life. You're opening up everything and you don't even know what these people's intentions are. But if you start them off with an F and you get to know someone and see what they're like, and of course, when you first meet people, they're going to put their best foot forward. But as time is progressing, you're going to see. If y'all go out to eat and they treat the waiter like crap, that's up to you if you want to sit there and, and still deal with them. But that already lets me know what they are. And when a person shows you who they are the first time, you got to believe them. Um, number three is never make a decision when you're desperate. I have been in so many positions with different, especially with men, wanting a man so bad. And you know what we can probably do? <laughs> Maybe on the next go around, bring me back in a month or two or whatever. On the next go around, I can tell you, like, we could share some failed dating experience. <laughs> it's going to be lit. It's going to be great. So putting myself in these positions because I just wanted someone so bad. I was desperate. I was desperate. But no, I don't, I don't care. I'm at the point now, if you say something wrong to me the first time, disrespect me the first time, I either restrict you or block you, depending on what you did. And sending your penis is not a way of saying hello to us, okay? We don't ask for it. Stop, okay? All right, what's, that's number two, number three. Number four, expect the best, but prepare for the worst. Had someone tell me this um, a while back. One of my coworkers who <laughs> ironically was like, hey, uh, what, what about the whole car thing? He told me that. He says, you know, he would ask me for rides too. He's like, Kendra, like, let's expect the best. Like, if something happens to your car, I'll take you to work, right? Because we work together. But, you know, then we were messing around at work as well. It's crazy. Story for another day. But he's full of crap. Also, he gained a lot of weight and he chopped his dress off. That's what happens when you play with one of God's children. You look ugly later on. Okay, and number five, number five, something, uh, this is advice for my younger self. Um, you have the rest of your life to have relationships. And when it comes to college, pick the college that is least expensive. So yes, that's, that's it. I'm at, ending it on an odd number. <laughs> uh, we love to hear it. Uh, thank you so much. Um, that's it for this week's episode of the tea with Bree. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at the tea with Bree. Send me an email at the tea with Bree at gmail.com and visit the website, the tea with Bree podcast.com. Don't forget to rate review and subscribe on Apple podcast or wherever you get your podcasts, a special thanks to mama Duke for our theme music. And I will talk to y'all next week. <laughs>